Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. We know that prophecy can play a strong role in preparing us to welcome a visitation of the Holy Spirit. You can just look in the Bible and in church history. In past revivals, prophecies inspired faith in believers, which empowered them to act. And I'm really excited to talk about the connection between Kansas City and the Toronto outpouring. Uh, Basically, we're going to go over some prophecies that happened in 1984 that were connected to Bob Jones and Mike Bickle and the basically the prophetic history of IHOP is there is prophecies that happened that are connected to the events that happened what would become the Toronto blessing or the father's blessing in Toronto at the Toronto Airport Vineyard Church that in the, which started in 1994 so let's go into some of these, this amazing story, the connection between the two, uh, let me just jump right in. Basically, how it happened was in 1983, shortly after Mike planted his church in Kansas City, he had a dramatic experience at a prayer meeting on April 13th. So what happened was, in the prayer meeting, Mike Bickle heard the internal voice of God saying, call the people together. And come before me and fast, even as Daniel fasted in chapter 9. So basically, God directed Mike to lead his church in a 21-day fast. Just as Daniel, who through the prophecy understood the time and concern and promises to come, then prayed and fasted to apprehend them. At this time in Kansas City, the church was only about 6 months old and Mike was 27 years old. So what's cool is the next morning, Mike called Bob Jones who's a prophetic man in his church who moved in basically very strong prophetic anointing. He was a prophet. And Mike told Bob, something happened last night that will change my life. I heard the voice of God. And Bob surprised Mike by saying, yes, I know. The Lord already told me what he told you. So Mike replied, I'll be right over. And at this time, which is cool, I'm glad that Mike did this. He called some of his friends and together they drove over to Bob's house. So in the car on the way there, Mike wanted to share uh, about how God, you know, mentioned Daniel 9 and how the purposes of God are one through fasting and prayer. He was telling them these like these things that God already told them. So that way they kind of had the inside scoop before they went there. So at the house, Bob announced that he would tell them the Lord showed Mike the night before. Bob said he had a very profound vision the same night. This is what Bob said. I saw in a night vision, literally the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel said, give the young man Daniel chapter 9 and he will understand. Mike was stunned. He nodded in agreement. Then Bob said this, the Lord is going to confirm this with a sign. A comet unpredicted by scientists will appear in the heavens when the time of prayer and fasting begins as a sign to you that he will hear and he will act to accomplish his own purposes. What was the day the Lord told you to begin, Bob asked. Mike replied, We are to start our fast on May the 7th. On May 7th, the Kansas City Fellowship, they began their 21-day prayer and fasting 
Many were on water only and preparing, or sorry, and praying for 18 hours a day. That's a long day. <laughs> when a newspaper, the Independence in Missouri, the Independence, the, sorry, the Independence Examiner was brought in that day, everyone was stunned to see the following headline. Comets passed to give close view. The paper reported that the comet had been unpredicted by scientists and that the IRAS said it was sheer good luck that we happened to be looking where the comet was passing. So the comet was undetected and unpredicted by scientists. Finally, on the last day of the fast, Bob told Mike that he had bad news. The Lord spoke to him in a dream the night before and told him that he's not the Lord was not going to break loose in the revival in the way that we all thought. God never said that it would begin after the fast. We only assumed it would. The Lord said, no, there's an appointed time and there's an appointed season for America. And when the Lord says it's time, it will not only it will not be one day late. Bob continued with his word. But the Lord God is going to help you by giving you another sign. There will be another sign in the heavens. Over this city, there will be a three-month drought, and there will be a drought in America in the spirit until the God's appointed time. On August 23rd, mark the date, rain will come on August 23rd. And when the rains come on August 23rd, you will know of a truth that there is a day and there is an hour that God has already determined that the rains will come in the spirit. Know that all that God has promised this nation, which you have participated in praying for these 21 days, will surely come to pass. And this prophecy was given on May 28th. Sure enough, by the end of June, Kansas City was locked in a serious drought. All the newspapers said it was the, the third driest summer on record for approximately 100 years. That's a dry summer. Mike and the fellowship continued praying six hours a day for a revival visitation. On the morning of August 23rd, the appointed day of rain that Bob prophesied on May 28th, the sky was still clear. But as people gathered for the evening prayer meeting, rain clouds began to form. Just as the prayer meeting started, there was a tremendous downpour for about an hour. It was amazing. The whole group was ecstatic. The rains had finally come on the exact day that Bob prophesied. The drought continued the next day and lasted for another five weeks, making a total of three months. Though the physical drought had ended after three months, the spiritual drought remained alive and well. Prayer was hard, and the people not they weren't very excited. Then in November, another word came. Bob called Mike. The Lord spoke to me in a dream last night concerning what happened on May 7th, 1983, and God says that in eight days, on November 15th, you will receive a message from heaven. When you receive this message, you will never doubt again that a visitation unprecedented in history is coming to America. At the nightly prayer meeting on November 15th, nothing happened. It was completely flat. Womp, womp, womp. At 10 o'clock, Mike went to his office to pray and wait. Anxious, he picked up a little 50-page booklet on his desk about a man named Howard Pittman who had been a Baptist pastor for 35 years. This is a booklet that came in the mail to Mike. In August 1979, Pittman had a massive rupture of his stomach arteries and died on the hospital bed. At that time, his spirit left his body and he went up to converse with God. 
before being resuscitated and sent back to his body. If you want the full account of this, read Pittman's book called Placebo. God told Pittman that the Laodicean age and various things relating to that. God said, go and tell them, I am raising up an army who will go to the ends of the earth, and this army will do signs and wonders, greater works than even my son did. By 11.50 p.m., Mike had reached the final pages of the book. He was still waiting to hear from the Lord about May 7, 1983, like what Bob just prophesied. To his amazement, the book began to discuss an announcement in the sky related to a supernatural event, quote-unquote. Pittman wrote, My three-year limitation, which began May 7, 1980, was a ministry of prophecy of an earth-shaking event that will occur at the end of my three years. The event itself would be supernatural. The announcement from the sky represented the worldwide event that would start immediately. Now Pittman went on to write that this event was no less than the recruitment for an end-time great revival spoken by Joel, and be, which begun at Pentecost. The whole process was to start with a worldwide regurgitation, quote-unquote, as the Lord set up, spruing out of his mouth the so-called lukewarm. Suddenly, the realization hit Mike. It's 10 minutes before midnight, and I'm receiving a message from one who has been to heaven. It's just like what Bob said. It's just like what Bob said. The message, in short, was that on May 7th, 1983, a sign in the sky would announce a new season concerning the purposes of God relating to a Gideon's army preparing for a great end-time harvest. This is the same topic that Mike and his church had been praying for, the exact same one. And now he knew their fast, commenced in May 7th, 1983, had been a part of that. Now one question remained. When would revival come? The answer came months later on an ordinary Saturday morning in April 1984. Mike was in his bedroom when the room filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is incredible. Mike heard the audible voice of God. His voice sounded like a thunderbolt near and far at the same time. It shook me to the depths, Mike said. And the Lord said to him, I have a revelation for you. Call Bob Jones. <laughs> Imagine hearing the audible voice of God and he says, do, 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 do. I have a revelation for you. Hey, call Bob Jones. Mike intuitively knew that the Lord was given the same word as well as the timing of the revival to Bob Jones. Wow. When Mike composed himself, he called Bob. Bob was also shaken and said, You will not believe what just happened to me this morning. Mike responded, I bet I will. The Lord had taken Bob into an open vision and showed him Genesis 40, the story of the baker and the cupbearer who were put in prison for offending Pharaoh. The baker was beheaded and the butler was delivered to again serve wine to the king. The Lord also gave Bob the meaning of this vision. So Bob fell into a trance at this time, and the Lord showed him this vision of Genesis 40. The meaning of it was this. The church would undergo 10 years of divine restraint or restriction, like being in a dungeon or confinement. The two men symbolized two types of ministries. During the 10 years, the Lord would deal with the baker ministries, that is, those that serve the bread with the leaven of hypocrisy, 
Many teaching ministries which sowed the word and produced pride and arrogance instead of humility and lowliness before the Lord would lose their heads. They'd lose their ministry. A purging was going to take place. On the other hand, ministries that served humbly before the king would be kept hidden and in restraint for a season. Then in ten years there would be a mighty visitation of God in the church. Many of these cupbearers and servants who had strategically been held back would emerge from the prison and they would begin to serve new wine to the king. This move would go global and it would crescendo into the end time move that the Lord spoke about on May 7, 1983. The timing was to be ten years, 1994. So later, this is crazy. So Mike said, people in 1994 think this is a tremendous word, but it was a lousy word in 1984, especially if you just planted a church. So Mike's, you know, 27, 28 years old. You know, there's a lot of things stirring up in Kansas City with this movement of young people gathering to pray and intercede. And there's a banner of intercession and prophecy over Kansas City. So he's all excited. And then, you know, after these amazing, the comet shows up, the angel Gabriel, the the rain coming on August 23rd, just like what Bob prophesied, all these crazy signs and wonders in the natural, the all this stuff. And then, you know, Bob comes in, you know, gives him this word from this trance that he received after the Lord spoke audibly saying, Bob has a word for you. And then the word is the, the revival that you're praying for will that this new wine will happen in 10 years later. I mean, to a 27, 28 year old, 10 years later, it's like, no, that's so far away. Oh man. I, I feel uh, that pain that Mike probably felt. It's no coincidence that after 10 years of what could be described as a tragic decade of scandals in the church in North America, a mighty outpouring and visitation of God was unleashed in 1994. This is known as a Toronto outpouring. Since then, we have witnessed the largest worldwide renewal since the Welsh and Azusa Street movements at the turn of the century. Though many good ministries have functioned over the years with some significant localized results, historians and church watchers are now beginning to record that the year when the world began to be served this new wine was 1994, as it was poured out at the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. Then, in the spring of 1994, the wine began to flow internationally as England exposed the move to the rest of the world. After 18 months, virtually the whole Christian world knew about the move dubbed the Toronto Blessing, which by then had already impacted tens of thousands of churches. At the time of this writing, over 200 nations had been touched by the new wine. The leadership of the Metro Vineyard Church received further revelation in 1985 concerning the coming visitation. This was Mike's church in Kansas City. The Lord told them to keep your eyes open for a great flood. When you see the Mississippi flood and even a change in direction, this is a signal that a mighty move of the Spirit is about to begin. You know, this is a, this is such a crazy uh, connection between Kansas City and uh, Toronto. And, you know, if you don't know a whole lot about the what happened in Toronto, it, it was really connected with John and Carol Arnott. They were the pastors of that Vineyard Airport Church at the time. And they invited Randy Clark to come host some meetings. And from a series of meetings it, with Randy Clark, and it, it turned into an extended time of meetings with Randy. And just 
the Lord using Randy as a vineyard pastor out of St. Louis, Missouri to come up and release this, uh, help be the catalyst to this move. It's, it's just an amazing story. So I want to encourage you to look up some of the, the history of Randy's history in connection with the Toronto Airport Church. And just the impact of Toronto and even Cheon and Bethel Church with what happened with Bill and Benny Johnson uh, when they visited airport and when they brought it back to Bethel in Redding, California. They just became new pastors. There's such a history in connection with so many churches and so many movements. I'm thinking about Georgine and Winnie Banoff and what happened to them and their connection with Toronto Airport. All the Revival Lions, like Heidi Baker and Roland Baker, when they visited Toronto, Heidi was wiped out for a week, like slain in the spirit, being carried around in like a wheelchair because of the love of God that just wrecking her for a week. So there's so many major ministries over the last couple decades that were connected with Toronto Airport. And I just love that Bob Jones and Mike had a part to play. They, I mean, they're... There's a intimate connection with the, the the prophecies in 1984 connected with the Toronto blessing. So I just feel like in the spirit, there's such a connection between Kansas City and Toronto, and even uh, Bethel and and of and um, just the the Toronto, Kansas City, and Bethel connection. The three three major streams, and I don't know. I I just love the connection of that, and I love um, basically. Uh, what the Lord did at that time, you know, even uh, Paul Kane. There's a connection with Paul Kane in Toronto. That the prophetic history of Paul Kane is absolutely amazing. You know, Paul was a major prophetic leader who predicted the Toronto airport visitation. You know, in 1989, Mike Bickle was teaching an introduction to prophecy series where he quoted Paul saying. In the fall of 1993 and in 1994, the Lord is going to begin a sovereign, to release sovereign vessels across this nation. It will stagger the minds of the church. Ministries are going to go around in the first and second gear. will instantly go into the tenth gear. Like Malachi 3.1 where it says, Suddenly Lord, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The Lord said, or Paul said, The Lord told me specifically that in 1993, in 1994, he was going to release the sovereign vessels. Everything we have seen before will begin to draw back in obscurity because of the glory of what's going to happen in that day. And at the Anaheim Vineyard on New Year's Eve 1993, Paul Kane prophesied concerning the soon-coming move of the Spirit. A full three weeks prior to the first meeting at Toronto, Paul announced, There is coming a fresh release and a visitation of the Spirit to John and Carol. He also said, this new move of the Spirit will bless the whole vineyard. Now at this time, you got to know this background of the vineyard. Everyone cheered and thanked the Lord. Paul later went to John and Carol Wimber and told them that the Lord said, John and Carol, not Wimber. So just to clarify, John Wimber was the leader of the vineyard movement and his wife's name was Carol. But Paul Cain emphasized to John and Carol Wimber, hey, the Lord said John and Carol. He didn't specifically say Wimber. So John Wimber began to ponder. The only other John and Carol he knew of in the vineyard was John and Carol or not. 
So by July 1994, seven months after Paul Cain's prophecy, two-thirds of all the vineyards had been blessed by the outpouring, which had fallen upon John and Carol Arnott and their church in Toronto. By the end of December 1994, more than 4,000 churches in England had been dramatically impacted by a visitation of God. Leading evangelical leaders today say continually in the press and magazines that England is hotter than ever they have ever known it to be. Definitely the church had been revived and anticipation is everywhere that lost souls will begin to be saved in mass. So I love this word. I love uh, just the, the connections uh, with Toronto and Kansas City. I wanted to share this with you um, because it, it's just a special time. You know, uh, who knows what the Lord's going to do even now. We've seen the wine poured out. Uh, the Lord also made it clear. Mike has teachings on this in, in different prophetic histories of there's going to be different uh, acts to activity the holy spirit being released on a global level so it was going to be in the reverse order of how it appeared in the in acts chapter 2 in acts chapter 2 the activity the holy spirit poured out was uh the it was the winds and then the fire the manifestation of tons of fire and then the wine so what the lord basically revealed to Paul Kane and Bob Jones and Mike Bickle and in our, in our prophetic history is that the Lord was going to release activity of the Holy Spirit in reverse order unto the great harvest. So it's going to be an outpouring of wine and then there was going to be an outpouring of fire, like the fiery preaching and fear of the Lord and revival and just intense revival and miracles. And and then there was going to be an outpouring of the, the wind manifestation of the work of the Holy Spirit. So that was going to be the, the wind dimensions, the angelic visitations, the angelic activity, the transportations like in Acts 8, like the, the extreme translations, transportations, the, the, the miracles related to angels and, and things of that nature. And this is all going to be into greater and greater harvest. So we look back the last 25 years, uh, you know, since Toronto, there's been such a great harvest from this wine and there's been a great movement coming out of Bethel and uh, the Global Legacy and all those connected, the Revival Alliance churches have, and even IHOP has been stirred up these last 20 years. And uh, I encourage you to look into these things and look into this history. It's such a fascinating story. This is just a, a brief introduction to get you some of the background and, and just to get you hungry for more of what's to come. So look out for more and more of the Holy Spirit's activity continue to increase as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.